Hello everyone and welcome to yet another episode of Compliance Updates podcast brought to you by Team Legacies. Through this weekly series, we endeavor to bring to you legal, regulatory and compliance updates that you may have missed during the week. In our first segment, we'll start by looking into some taxation-related updates. The Central Board of Direct Taxes has notified that an e-settlement scheme to settle pending income tax settlement applications transferred to a settlement commission. The scheme will be applicable to pending applications in respect of which the applicant has not exercised the option under subsection 1 of section 245M of the Act and which has been allotted or transferred by Central Board of Direct Taxes to an interim board, the CBDT said. Gross revenue collections of goods and services tax in October for sales in September rose 23.7% year-on-year to Rs. 1,30,127 crores. This is the second highest revenue collection under GST ever since its rollout in July 2017, coming on the back of a pickup in economic activity and several compliance measures taken by tax authorities to curb evasion. At Rs. 1,41,384 crores in April this year, accounting for year-end sales, GST collections are highest so far in the indirect tax regime. The Central Board of Indirect Taxes and Customs has notified that permanent transfer of IPRs attracts 18% GST. In exercise of powers conferred by subsection 1 of section 9 and subsection 5 of section 15 of the Central Goods and Services Tax Act 2017, the central government on the recommendations of the Council hereby makes the further amend to notification of the Government of India in the Ministry of Finance, Department of Revenue, dated 28th June 2017. The Central Board of Direct Taxes has rolled out a new annual information statement on the compliance portal, quoting, The Income Tax Department has rolled out a new annual information statement on the compliance portal which provides a comprehensive view of the information to a taxpayer with a facility to capture online feedback. The AIS can be assessed by clicking on the link Annual Information Statement under the Services tab on the New Income Tax e-filing portal the display form 26 as on traces portal will also continue in parallel with the new ais is validated and completely operational the cbdt said the income tax department has expanded the list of high value financial transactions which would be available to taxpayers in their Form 26AS by including the details of mutual fund purchases 
foreign remittances as well as information in ITRs of other taxpayers. Form 26AS is an annual consolidated tax statement that can be assessed from the income tax website by taxpayers using their permanent account number. The Central Board of Indirect Taxes and Customs has notified a reduction in the compliance burden regarding the registration of authorized couriers. As a result of reducing the compliance burden on stakeholders, the Central Board of Indirect Taxes and Customs has taken measures to simplify the registration requirements of authorized couriers. In this regard, attention is invited to dated October 27, 2021, which have amended the Courier Imports and Exports Clearance Regulations 1998 and Courier Imports and Exports Electronic Declaration and Processing Regulation 2010 respectively. The GST Council's proposal to increase rates from 5% to 12% for garments across price categories will create greater stress on already extended working capital requirements of the textile garment and hosiery industries, especially in the MSME sector with the industry yet to tide over the crisis owing to COVID-19 induced pandemic. At present, garments above the price of Rs. 1000 are charged 12% GST, but the government has indicated charging 12% GST on even garments that are priced below Rs. 1000, currently being charged at 5%. Now we move on to some banking-related updates. The RBI on Tuesday issued a revised prompt corrective action framework for banks to enable supervisory intervention at appropriate time and also act as a tool for effective market discipline. Capital asset quality and leverage will be the key areas for monitoring in the revised framework. The RBI said, the revised PCA framework will be effected from January 1, 2022. Quoting, the objective of PCA framework is to enable supervisory intervention at an appropriate time and require an supervised entity to initiate and implement remedial measures in a timely measure so as to restore its financial health. The central bank said, The Reserve Bank of India on Friday, October 29, tweaked its guidelines for opening current accounts for bank exposures less than Rs 5 crores. Under the new rules, lenders are allowed to open current accounts for its borrowers without any restrictions. The same rules also apply to cash credit and overdraft facilities according to a notification released by the central regulator in this regard. The Reserve Bank of India asked the banks to implement these changes within a month. On a review of and taking into account feedback received from Indian Banks Association and other stakeholders, it has been decided that the banks may open current accounts for borrowers who have availed credit facilities in the form of cash credits and overdraft from the banking system as per the provisions. The RBI said in a notification dated October 29, 2021. 
Now we move on to some government related updates. A draft policy document prepared by the Department of Pharmaceuticals under Ministry of Chemicals and Fertilizers proposed to cut down the time taken for regulatory approvals for innovative products by at least 50% within the next two years. The document dated October 25 says it wants to achieve this by nudging all regulators to work together to reduce process overlapping and establish timelines for requisite approvals. Typically, it takes about 18 to 24 months for approval of an innovative product. Eight months after his predecessor Ravi Shankar Prasad described the proposed All India Judicial Service as a work in progress and he was keenly pushing, Union Law Minister Kiran Rajidu will soon start pursuing a consensus with the states on the contentious issue, the Indian Express has said in its report. Sources say that the central is likely to place the proposal on the agenda of a meeting scheduled in the last week of November of law ministers from all states and union territories to discuss judicial infrastructure in lower judiciary. Kiran Rajiju is keen to bring all the states on board on the issue and is likely to initiate a fresh conversation with them. The Commerce Ministry's investigations arm DGTR has recommended continuation of anti-dumping duty for five years on certain steel imports from China with a view to guard domestic manufacturers from cheap inbound shipments from the neighboring country. In a notification, the DGTR has said that there is likelihood of a continuation of dumping and injury to the domestic industry in the event of revocation of existing duty on imports of certain bars and rods hot rolled in irregularly wound coils of iron or non-alloy steel or alloy steel from China. The Tamil Nadu government has issued the guidelines for standard operating procedure for scrutiny of goods and services tax refund. During the meeting of TSP, it has been brought to the notice of the commissioner that there is no uniform procedure being followed by the proper officer in scrutinizing the return under section 61 of the TNGST Act 2017. In order to ensure uniformity in implementation of the provisions of TNGST Act 2017, the state government has instructed that Rule 99 of the TNGST Rules 2017 provides that proper officer may scrutinize the return filed by the registered persons. In a bold move on Sunday, India said that achieving its climate goals may be linked to issues like membership to a nuclear suppliers group held up due to China's opposition and availability of technology as it is sought to push the inclusion of differentiated responsibilities that seek the developed West to fulfill its commitment. The Director General of Foreign Trade invited public comments on draft policy on general authorization for export of chemical-related equipment of chemical-related equipment of SCOMSET items with the aim of simplifying the process for post-reporting in a case of export of certain chemicals under the 
SCONET list and to reduce the compliance burden on exporters. A draft policy on general authorization for export of chemicals and related equipment excluding software and technology is proposed. The same is being circulated for the public industry comments and feedback. The DGFT notified. Now we move on to some judiciary related updates. The Madras High Court, while quashing the CBIC circular in respect of fish meal used for making cattle, poultry, aquatic feed, held that the CBIC is not empowered to issue clarification on GST rate. The petitioner, Jennifer India, is a manufacturer of fish meal. The fish meal produced by petitioner comes in powder form. The petitioner is registered under the Goods and Services Tax Department within the jurisdiction of the third respondent. And it is an assessee on the file of officer subordinate and under the administrative control of respondent. The center's efforts to regulate the movement of foreign funds for non-profits is discouraging NGO activities, the Supreme Court said today, while hearing petitions challenging an amendment to the Foreign Contribution Regulation Act. The court also raised questions on the amendment which restricts transfer of foreign contributions received by one NGO to another. One of the petitions challenged the amendments, saying they have imposed harsh and excessive restrictions on NGOs in utilizing foreign funds. Another challenged the Time Union Home Ministry has allowed non-profits to comply with the new rules. Now we move on to some miscellaneous updates. Some of the corporates like Tata Group, Mahindra Group, ICICI Bank and HSBC Bank among others who have multiple subsidiaries and group companies may face additional taxes under the goods and services tax on their intangibles such as goodwill, brand, logo, fees and even franchisee fees paid by them following a recent adjustment in tax rates. Worth mentioning here is that the government recently implemented rate parity between the right to use and transfer of right to use under the GST framework which will affect transactions where brand names are held in a separate business and subsidiaries are allowed to use it for a fee. The Economic Times mentioned in a report citing the experts from tax industry. The Parliament's Committee on Industry, Research and Energy, ITRE, endorsed the so-called NIS2 Directive, a revision of the Directive on Security of Network and Information Systems. The existing NIS Directive was the first EU-wide legislation to set up a minimum cyber security requirements for businesses and organizations providing essential services. Although the NIS Directive was only adopted in 2016, the fast-paced nature of the cyber environment prompted a revision of the legislation to strengthen the cybersecurity requirements and extend the scope to more entities with a high-risk profile based on criticality of their role in economy and democratic processes.
the European Commission on Friday adopted an amendment to the Radio Equipment Directive to strengthen cyber security requirements for wireless mobile devices, highlighting that wireless devices including mobile phones, smartwatches have become ubiquitous in European markets. EC noted that newly made changes will ensure their safety as well as privacy of citizens. The new rules are expected to come into force in the next two months, given that no objection is raised by the EU Parliament. This brings us to the end of today's podcast. Thank you for tuning in and listening with us. If you liked the episode, then please subscribe and tune in every Friday for such updates. Thank you.